0: As always, off season, just so much fun all the time. So much stuff happening at every hour of the day. You just cannot afford to put your phone down these days. You're nope, missing can't so afford
1: much. It. July sixteenth, the time we're recording this, it is just a crazy news day in the NHL. Um, just so much fun going on, and I, I think we put this bid on long enough. There's absolutely yeah nothing going on.
0: There's only no. so many there's only so many times I can start the show with this bit that there's like yeah. a thing happening. It's like it's probably I mean, at I, this probably, point
1: now it, it I think we have to do it every show. It's become kind of like a ritual at this point.
0: Right. It I guess <laughs> I guess so it kind of has, which is a very poetic excuse for I have no original yeah. content ever to put out there. But you know, at the same time, I mean, there's still things to talk about, there's just yeah. nothing new. It's gotta kinda you have to actually put effort into coming up with topics instead of having them handed to us. You know, it's like, man. Tough life, man. Can't believe this. This is unbelievable. It, it
1: truly is unbelievable. I mean, we're, we're in that point in the off season where I, I'm just watching like a TV show. I've probably seen nine times already, and I'm just rewatching it for like the 10th time.
0: You know, uh, it's you know, it's bad when I turn on TV and there's like baseball. And I'm like, oh, good baseball. Something to watch. It's even awesome because in, in the fall wouldn't even blink. Dude, I watched the
1: Gold Cup the soccer with the United States backup team. I, that's how bored I've been. It's and uh, yeah, they lost to Panama in a shootout. It was actually kind see, of electric. I did
0: see that. But, yeah. You know, you know, it's bad when I say like, Oh, Wimbledon on that's exciting.
1: Dude, I guess that was actually a pretty good match day. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I, I did, was out of my day away. Yeah. But I guess it was a good match. Four hours and 45 minutes. I couldn't imagine sitting through that. Long,
0: I, you, yeah. I hope you're a huge tennis fan. If you're sitting through four hours of it. I love how
1: I say that, but I'm going to go golfing this weekend and probably spend like five hours on a course playing a game I suck at. But it, it's it's truly that point in the summer. Um, yeah, I'm
0: about to spend an hour podcasting. I'm not very yeah. good at that either. Yeah, we,
1: we both are very good at that, God
0: forbid. But uh, we,
1: we do have some some stuff we're going to talk about. We'll get to the Alex Galchenyuk stuff. Um, but we wanted to
0: start Wait, with – Geez, will we ever. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think we want to open with that. No, 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 no. We're we'll, I mean, we'll open with. we here, aren't we? I mean, Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Might as well. We might like, as well. I mean, it's a former Av, And uh, so for those of you that didn't hear, uh, Alex Galchenyuk, who was signed about 16, 15 days ago by the Arizona Coyotes, uh, had his contract terminated the other day due to a material breach, which I think is a very understatement for what actually happened. What actually happened is Alex Galchenyuk uh, was arrested by the Scottsdale Police Department a struck a sign in a curb, destroyed some private property. You know, it's not that bad. Hit and run might be a, been a little drunk. No one was injured or anything like that. It's when you start like threatening to kill the police officers and their families, and like you just got to make a call to Russia. It's like, no, it's uh, that's pretty bad. That's, it's just
1: a big time yikes, bro. Yeah,
0: just like Alex Galchen, yuck. Am I right?
1: Yeah, oh, I see what you did there. Um, yeah, it, it's a big time yikes it's uh it makes you wonder if there's some some other stuff going on outside of his personal life um because you have to imagine dude the scottsdale police department probably sees a lot of shit because they have all the drunk college kids going there for spring break they have all this other stuff going on so like for you to do that is it's just i know that it's it's handling with police is like a political subject we're not going to talk about. Like, that's just way above our pay grade. And you and I both aren't smart enough to talk about it. But you don't threaten to kill someone. Uh, I feel like most people are taught that at the beginning is like, hey, you you don't threaten to kill someone.
0: Yeah. I mean, generally, like I pull up the news article and like I read off all the context. I can't say this i can't be saying most yeah. of the things that Galchenyuk said it's just kind of gross threatening to kill the police officer threatening to kill his wife and threatening to kill his daughter threatening to to make a a phone call all you gotta do is make a phone call okay Gouch. and yeah threatening to you know end the officer's bloodline also reportedly using racial slurs with one of the officers resisting arrest ugly stuff just real exactly. ugly stuff and the coyotes they wasted Absolutely. The first. This was the first time we found out about this. Was the yeah. Coyotes co- terminated his contract first, and uh, that might be it for. Gally. Oh yeah, that, that the that's NHL. it. Like he
1: he was already like barely scratching to stay afloat, and this just sunk him. He's he's done, so man. I I, mean,
0: I I I guess he was tired of his NHL career slowly dying and yeah out of its misery.
1: Yeah, now he can go spend some time in the KHL. Um,
0: Will they even want him?
1: Ah, uh, right. I mean, he sounds like he has quite the pull in Russia. So,
0: according to him, it yeah. sounds like he all he's got to do is make a phone call, and they'll just do whatever he wants for a guy with zero points last season. Yeah. But in in all seriousness, bits aside, I hope Alex Galchenyuk is okay and whatever demons that he's dealing with. That is this just reportedly is kind of out of nowhere for him. Reportedly, his father was there with him too. For you to be acting like that, also in front of your father, who was on record saying, I've never seen him act like this before, confirming that that did in fact happen that night. I hope everything goes okay with him. I hope he gets the help that he needs. I hope he can overcome what he's dealing with because this is bad. This is a real ugly look. I'm grateful nobody was hurt in the incident. I'm grateful that it was able to be handled in an appropriate manner from everyone outside of Alex. And I hope that everything outside of this gets, gets handled accordingly. But in terms of the NHL, um, has been going downhill for a while and I don't think anyone's going to be in any hurry to have him on a roster anytime soon.
1: No, 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 no. Yeah. It's, it's a tough situation, but like you said, hopefully, hopefully Alex can get the help he needs. um, And it's just a sad situation, just a really sad situation. And uh, we try and make everything as lighthearted as we can. But that's pretty that's pretty serious stuff. I
0: mean, again, nobody was hurt. And at the end of the day, that's always going to be a blessing, especially if he was seeming like seemingly drunk as he was at the time. is Is it better or worse if he was drunk? Because it seemed like he was driving. So I don't know if that. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's bad that he was driving, but also, like, yeah, I mean, alcohol is not a good thing for this at all. um, Because a sober, what's the saying that a a drunk mind is a sober heart or something like that? Yeah. I think, I think, I think
0: in like maybe more lighthearted contexts, maybe other than that. But yeah, even still. This it's an ugly situation. He was put on unconditional waivers and had his contract terminated immediately with just cause. Does he still get paid for that or no? No. He's okay, done. Good. Yeah. Good. Just you you terminate you're terminating your contract, you breached your contract, and you're done.
1: Yeah, that sucks. Cause well, you sign for like one year minimum vet minimum.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's forfeiting to us what would be a very significant <laughs> amount of money. Yes what
1: I will be lucky to make in a lifetime.
0: <laughs> yes. If I ever saw $775,000 if I lost that much money, I yeah. would be, like shattered beyond belief.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Me too. But at the end of the day again, jokes aside, I I hope Galchenya can get the help he needs and I hope that everything can proceed in a justified manner from yes. here on.
1: Yes, but let's let's move on to the mailbag. We got the we got the not fun part out of the way. We did get some interesting ones in the mailbag. Let's uh, yes. let, let's tackle those.
0: Yes, we did. One of the things I did want to talk about today was about Georgiev and his consistency for this season. But another question that came up had to do with his backup. And we got a question from Ivan Ivan Ivanov the third asking about our confidence level in Frankie for next season. We can start with Frankie and then transition to what I really wanted to talk about today with Georgiev. So you can take the floor first. How do you feel about Frankie going into this season, the final year of his contract, where the last couple of years he's been on and off available at all?
1: Um, On a scale of 1 to 10, probably a 4, with 10
0: being the highest form
1: of confidence. Um, When Frankie plays, he's great, but your best ability is availability, and his availability has not been there the past 2 to 3 years. Yeah. So I have no qualms with Frankie as a goaltender. I think he's one of the best backup goaltenders in the league, but he can't stay on the ice. Yep.
0: Yeah, I think it's that simple. I don't, I think there are very few issues with Georgiev's play when he plays. He's not a bona fide starter. Otherwise.
1: You mean would- Francis? You said, you said Georgiev.
0: Yeah. Excuse me, Frankie. I had Georgiev on the brain today, but Frankie When he plays, he's been great. He was a big reason why we won a Stanley Cup a few years ago because he was able to come in for Kemper and make the saves as needed and get us to that next level. And in pretty much every game he played in last year, save a couple, he was great. But the problem with last year is he only played 16 games. And that's not enough for a backup. He had all these mysterious injuries that popped up like twice during breaks and that left him unavailable for long stretches of time and Georgiev just kind of had to carry the load the rest of the way you need him to be available and you need him to be healthy but when you're putting when you're putting Frankie in you you pretty much know what you're going to get out of him he's a fringe starter in the NHL and when Georgiev and Frankie have been healthy we were on the show earlier in the season saying this is the best tandem in the NHL, other teams don't have this kind of ability to throw out two goalies that you're getting very similar, excellent results out of.
1: Yeah. And you know what I'm, I'm thinking about more now. It's a contract year. Would it surprise you in the least, least if this is the year that Frankie stays
0: healthy, not in the least, but yeah. I would all, I mean, I would be surprised if you are able to retain Frankie after this season, Oh regardless, because yeah. even no still chance. he's a, he's 33. You don't give term, you don't give big money to those goalies. Frankie can go out there and have a 950, and I don't know if it would really do him much good. it would get him paid a bit, a lot more than a 33-year-old backup would generally get paid in the NHL. But where he's at in his career with all the injury history, I think they would like to keep him around for certainty, but he needs to be healthy. That's just always been the thing with Frankie is that, yeah, he might start the season healthy and might be great, start the season. But when you start to get to December and January, it's been more than once. It's been more than twice that he just hasn't been there. It's not always his fault, but it has been a situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's tough. You're asking a a human body to stretch a ridiculous amount of times. Like no wonder the hips give out when you're a goalie, especially with the way that the butterfly goes now. But if he can stay healthy, it would not shock me in the least if he's the best backup goaltender in the league. It really wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, I think an ideal world is that Georgiev plays fifty-five games and Frankie plays what is that? I'm trying to do math my had twenty-seven.
0: Yeah, around that twenty-seven-ish yeah. games to around the thirty range is yeah. generally what you want Frankie to be playing in a season. And you look at his numbers in the regular season, he's had three full regular seasons generally. He played thirty-four games in nineteen twenty. He was a nine twenty-three. Then he missed all of pretty much the next season after that, but then he comes back. And is a 916 the year they win the Stanley Cup in the regular season in 21 games, and was a 906 in the playoffs, was an 892 in the playoffs the year before when he got hurt, but he fast forward to last season. He was a 915, but it was in 16 games. And there was a game or two where he was not phenomenal. But for a backup goalie, he gave you everything he could. But every caveat to this conversation is going to be when he was there.
1: Yep, that's the biggest thing. Like, we know what Frankie can do when he's on the ice. We just need to make sure the dude stays healthy. Because if he stays healthy, I think he's going to have a very good year and play 27, 30 games.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've just seen goalies come into Colorado and just perform well. You can say it's Frankie benefiting from the system. But at the end of the day, your goalie needs to be able to stop the puck. And Frankie, at the end of the day, is just able to do that. He stops pucks for you.
1: Well, and the abs don't have anyone else on the roster, I think, right now who's. A better backup goalie. Like you don't think Yusidanan is there? Is Kincaid still signed, or is he a free agent?
0: That's a. F- I'm pretty sure we still have him, but I am totally blanking on that right now. Yeah, like I don't. I don't th- there- no, I don't think we've signed him again.
1: Yeah, I don't think we did either. So I mean, you're looking at Sandin as your third goalie. Like the the abs, you need Frankie to be healthy because yeah. while Georgiev was great last year and he played what 62 games, I think is what we said he played last year.
0: Two games, yeah,
1: yeah. That's not sustainable. It's just not. In in today's NHL, it's not sustainable. So I mean, unless you're Connor Hellebuck or Andre Vasilevsky, those are the only ones. Yeah.
0: Even then, you don't want those guys playing as many games. I mean, the biggest cautionary tale I'm always going to point to is UC Soros on the year the, the year we beat Nashville and won the cup. Soros was excellent going into the final stretch of the season gets hurt in the last week. And it's big save Dave going up against the abs in game one and gives up like a million goals. And then it has to be poor Connor Ingram who has to come in after that and does great for one game and has to just get destroyed after that. Yeah. So
1: it's, it's vitally important for the abs for to have a successful season uh, they need Frankie to, to stay healthy and play 25 to 30 games yeah. because Georgiev is going to need that time off. Even though I think Georgiev is like, he's one of those goalies where the more he plays, the better he gets. Which, he
0: said as much. I mean, yeah. even before he played for us, he said as much as like, that's one of the reasons I struggled in New York was I never got into games. I played like maybe once every 10 and my body just needs to be able to get into a rhythm. But at the same time, 62, I think we're pushing that. Yeah, I I really I'm, think we got away with that cuz oh, yeah. that could have been a disaster. Yeah. And you go to the playoffs, I think there also might have been a little fatigue for Georgiev in there. Not that he was bad against Seattle. He also wasn't perfect. He was okay in that series. Far from the reason we lost. But I also think that might have helped a little bit if he didn't just play a 62 game regular season going up against a Seattle team who's Entire game plans to exhaust you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it wasn't great. And I mean, for for like Georgiev next season, it's looking at like, I mean, three out of every four games if he starts. I think that still may even be pushing it. But three or four, it sounds like that's where he's at. But he needs that fourth night off without a doubt.
0: Right. And uh, you start to look at their analytics and dig into some of their stats. Georgiev last season was. 21.9 goals save above expected. He was absolutely brilliant. Frankie was minus 0.6, which is, that was, not, I mean, when 16 games, it's not a huge sample size that can right. always go up or go down again. But you look at everything else, generally he was fine as a backup goalie. There wasn't really a need for the abs to go out and address it, especially since you're paying Frankie $2 million right now. And if, if he truly is hurt again this season or is just not very good, it's not going to be the end of the world to like somehow get out of that and bring in another backup. It's not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. But again, I think you do have to take the chance on. There's not going to be two freak injuries that happen off of the ice for Frankie this year. And you're when you had that tandem together, they were great.
1: And that, that's why I don't think the Avs made any big changes to the goaltender because they know that if this is healthy, it's going to be one of the best tandems in the league. And I think that they're expecting Frankie to be healthy. He's had some bad luck in two of the past three years. Hopefully he gets some luck to go on his side and he can stay healthy all year because the backup goaltender is a very important role uh, to a hockey team. And if they're solid, you usually see that team go out like goaltending depth is huge look at what vegas just did they literally use like five goalies this year
0: yeah you got so. you got to be able to have a system that works with goalies and you have to have guys be ready at all times i mean you don't think about how important a backup goalie is until you don't have one i mean go back to two seasons ago or i guess three seasons ago at this point geez uh the the shortened season where it was just grubauer basically yeah. And, and then stuff.
1: Devin Dubnik, baby, yeah.
0: Devin Dubnik and Hunter Miska. That was like a topic of debate the entire season. I can't imagine. Like we, if you were on the show at that point, that's probably all we would talk about. Cause it's all I talked about generally that year.
1: Yeah. I, and we saw what happened. I mean, Grubauer just died in the second round. He yeah. was exhausted. Like he was bad in that second round. So it's, it's much needed. Oh man. I can't believe we Hunter Miska, man. That poor guy got bullied so much online. I felt bad for that, about that.
0: Oh, man. That was, a, saw, that was a time, wasn't it?
1: I saw him play live when I went to Arizona to watch a couple games, and the Avs were up 3 nothing with like it's,
0: two minutes the left the in the game. That's the first thing I think about when it yeah. comes to Hunter Miska is the game, like they had a healthy lead.
1: Yeah, it was 3 nothing with
0: like two minutes left. And he let in like two horrible shots yeah. with under two minutes left, and you're like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. So, and by the grace of God, they held on. Yeah. But. It was got just, sketched for a second. He, he had a great game until two minutes ago. Yeah. And that's all anyone can remember now. Could have yep. been a huge confidence builder for him.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of where he, he went downhill after that because he was never really the same. Uh, and Then Devin Dubnik came in. I've He played one game against the Blues. I remember that, and we won. And I was Did like, fuck won? yeah, Devin Dubnik. Yeah, he won. He won. I think it was like right after we traded for him.
0: Because I, I don't remember – like Devin Dubnik games in particular, but I think there was one where I was just like, it was. I think it was. Was it Vegas late in the season? It might have been. Yeah, I think he just like choked a game against the Golden Knights late in the season, and I was like, "Fuck this!" I was hit... that? What, I
1: think it might have been when Grubauer had COVID.
0: That might be exactly it, because like I was very lukewarm on Dubnik when we got him, because yeah. I just I didn't like him. You know, blame me however much you want. I didn't like Devin Dubnik. But I was willing to put it aside if he was good, and he just had a game, and I came on here was like, "Fuck this! I'm so done. I'm not pretending to like this guy anymore." Yeah,
1: yeah. He he struggled. Um, I think he retired right after that. Now he works for NHL Network.
0: Yeah. Well, who's going to sign him? Who's going to sign him after that?
1: Yeah, good gig. But that's where the abs need Georgiev and Francois to be solid. It, it's if we go into the next point with Alexander Georgiev, he was fantastic last year. Um, we've talked about it. He surpassed all of our expectations, but now we have to go into it. Can he repeat what he did last year? I think what he did last year is repeatable. I I don't think there was like, he wasn't like Igor Shosturkin good two years ago, where it was like, he was like a 940 and like, that's just not sustainable.
0: He was finished with what, like a 912 is what he finished with. He finished with a 919 in 62 games.
1: I think that's pretty sustainable for him.
0: I think it is as well, but the thing that I liked about Georgiev last season was not like he put up these incredible 963 games, because it felt like Kemper had those every now and again. It was like how consistently he was in the 920s and in the 930s, and if he dipped, it was a 909. It was always in that same range. You knew what you were getting from Georgiev every single night, which makes me feel more confident that you're not going to get a massive drop-off from him this season. If it was just results all over the place, but his highs were shutouts and 970s, I'd be more concerned. But he was just so consistent. And I think one of the challenges this season is you're going to have to find that kind of balance for him to get him in enough games that you're also not exhausting him if Frankie is available.
1: Yeah, and that's... (sighs) Because what's your sweet spot for him?
0: 50 to 55 games? That's generally what you want out of your goalie. I'd say 50 for your starter is probably perfect. 55 is what you can expect. 62, like, it's just too much.
1: Yeah, anything over 55 just seems like too much. Um, But I completely agree. It wasn't like he had, like, a gaudy season. Like, I, I do remember the Kemper games where he'd be, like, 963 against the Oilers, and then he had, like, a game against like the Ducks where he allowed like five goals on 10 shots. Like I I remember those games. So I appreciate the fact that Georgiev was hovering around 920 every single game. And you're going to win a lot of games when that's what your goaltender's doing. So when I look for Georgiev for these next two seasons that he's under contract, would it shock you in the least if he gets up to like a 922, 925-ish range?
0: I mean, it wouldn't shock me, but I also just think that this is what Georgiev is. And goaltending is just so... All over the place and out there, that you can try to break it down as much as you want. He might be a 900 this, next season, just through absolutely no discernible evidence yeah. whatsoever. Because we've seen it all the time: goalies, they're just great one year, and then the next year they're just they just don't have it for whatever reason. Ie. Tristan Jari. Yeah, Tristan Jari, Martin Jones. You can do. You could l- list goalies for hours of goalies who just one year are great, and the next year they're not. One of the big reasons Calgary did not make the playoffs last year, Markstrom, who was a Vesna finalist the year before, just suddenly couldn't stop a beach ball.
1: Yeah, it's it's you have no idea. But I feel better about Georgiev going into it because I I don't think he like reached his peak at all. Like I, I don't think he had those crazy games where he like stole. I mean, he did steal the abs plenty of games. He stole but,
0: plenty of games. There were yeah. a lot of games last season that they just did not deserve to win.
1: No. And I am, I'm confident that he's going to be able to repeat it. I think he's only going to get better the more playing time he gets.
0: Yeah. And, and generally earlier in the season, like there was a time in November, December, where he just wasn't very good, but what was happening then, there was no team in front of him and he was having to go out there against teams like Boston and have to somehow go out there and win these games with no roster in front of him. And shocker, he just couldn't do it for whatever reason. <laughs> he just somehow gave up four goals to the Boston Bruins on the night where it's Kale McCarr and his band of married men trying to stop what turned out to be the greatest regular season team of all time. Do you
1: remember that game? That one where they came to Denver and it was like, it was just Miko Rantanen and Kale that's McCarr? The, that's
0: exactly the one yeah. I'm talking the about. The
1: fact that I watched that game is just. That
0: game was insane. such a bizarre experience because it didn't feel like we were watching an NHL game. No.
1: It was like the Bruins were trying not to run up the score.
0: Right. Uh, and remember the Bruins scored a goal and we rang the goal horn for it. Yeah. It was like
1: it was like, yeah, if the Avs don't win this game one-nothing, they aren't winning this game. <laughs>
0: right. So <laughs> like it was at a certain point, because it was it was a four-nothing game, if I'm remembering correctly. Yep. Four nothing, or they might have got an empty net. Don't care. Don't remember. But it was like if you just get a goal out of this game, you can absolutely count that as a win. And well, when that happened, like I was like making food in the other room and I heard the goal horn Turns like, oh, we, d- oh, we didn't. That was just a fuck. We,
1: up. we did. It was a fuck up. Yeah. That, 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 stretch where we had to watch the Eagles versus everyone else was uh, a trying it time as a an easy
0: stretch. Like we were going against like the Bruins and the Rangers, Like
1: the Canadians yeah. took us in a battle. I remember that it was a one nothing battle because Jake Allen just played out of his fucking mind. I remember that game. Yeah, there were some rough points last year, but Georgiev was rock solid through all of them. And and like I said, his playoffs, I was concerned with him going into the playoffs. I thought he was completely fine in the playoffs.
0: Again, far from the reason we lost that series to Seattle. He wasn't perfect, but you look at his raw numbers. Game one, he was a 900. Game two, he was a 931. Game three that we won, he was an 862. Game four, he was a 930. Game five, he was an 897. Game six, 9.57. In game seven, he was a 9.26. You cannot point at those and say Georgiev's the reason we lost that series. He did his job. There were some goals that weren't great. But at the end of the day, he got no goal support. No. Remember, there were points last season. You go back to that stretch as well. There were legitimately times Georgiev had to win games one nothing in a shootout. There was a time he dueled Ilya Sorokin to a 0-0 duel and beat him in a shootout. What literally, what more do you want out of a goalie than games like that?
1: Yeah. And he did those things. It's just, can he repeat it? I think so.
0: Yeah, I think he can. I think he will, but there's always the possibility at the end of the day that goaltending is just weird and stupid and is the most unpredictable position in sports. You always have to be open to that possibility, but if that's the case, does that sink this team? Let's say he's a 908 next season. D- it, how much is that going to sink us?
1: How healthy are we going to be?
0: Because <laughs> if, if, if it's last season, that legitimately could push us out of the playoffs. Correct.
1: Correct. But if we're healthy, I mean, we want to stay on the cup with a goalie at a 906.
0: Right. So, not the same team anymore.
1: But, not the same team, but yeah. I mean, that that's really, if he can stay 915, 920-ish, then we should be good.
0: Yeah. I mean, Georgiev last season, if he is like a nine hundred, we're not. No even making the playoffs. No. We
1: aren't even coming close to winning the division.
0: No. We'd be if we got destroyed by Vegas in round one as a second wild card, we'd look at that as a successful season.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But the the tones change because we actually have a goaltender for two more years.
0: Yeah. So and- that's always the thing with goaltending is just you. You just never know sometimes.
1: But I, I feel like the Avs, when it comes to goaltending, you have to feel pretty good about what they've been doing. Yeah. like yeah. They, they seem to have that analytic and the the scouting department on point because they've got two good ones who are just cast-offs.
0: Yeah, you know, and generally, when have the Avs really had a season where the goalie was just like utter shit? After being amazing, because you look at the last couple of years, Grubauer was very consistently good. He had Kemper for one year, but he was pretty good for most of the season and Stanley Cup champion. And now you have Georgiev, who you identified as being undervalued in New York, comes here, fits with the system. Great. All evidence suggests everything is going to be fine based on past results with this team with other goalies. It suggests everything's going to be fine, right?
1: Yeah, but like you said earlier, goaltending is a fickle bitch. And it could be, he he could be in for another season where he's great, or we could see Jacob Markstrom 2.0.
0: Right. But even still, like, I have full confidence in. I do too. I feel really good. It's weird
1: going into the season with confidence in the goalie.
0: Right. Because usually we don't. Like, ever, ever since Grubauer, we've just had massive questions in that and somehow filled the gap for one year with Darcy Kemper and have somehow managed to fill this hole for three years with Alex Georgiev.
1: Yeah. Do you still think, like, like I, I, I'm i in the mind that not re-signing Kemper was the right thing to do, but you watched a lot of Kemper last year. He didn't play terrible last year. I thought
0: he was people pretty solid. Are, re, people really think Kemper sucked last year. He didn't. He was fine. The team in front of him was legitimately terrible, Yeah. and he I mean, still put up decent numbers. Was he perfect? No. But he was last year he was far from the reason the caps were as much of a shit show as they were last year you give him a revamped healthy team he's fine he's not going to win a vesna but i should the abs have signed that contract no, it, no. he got what 5.5 he got where are they even on here i'm trying i just want to make sure i get it right he got 5.25 for five seasons and he's also 33 right now so it's, it's not a contract that the avalanche should be handing out, but for where the caps were at last season, it may a- they were just a
1: goaltender away.
0: Yeah. Well, based <laughs> on last off season, they might've been pretty close based on how shit their goaltending was, but you want to talk about injuries. That team was never healthy at any point. Like, Kemper was a nine Oh nine last season. Yeah. Okay. That's not great. But he wasn't like, Oh, what a bust he turned out to be. What a mistake. The yeah. he, I will go to the grave defending Darcy Kemper as a perfectly fine goalie.
1: He's a Stanley cup champion, bro. Yeah.
0: Stanley <laughs> cup champion. And he did it with one eye.
1: Yeah. So I, I look back on that and I'm like, yeah, good for Kemper getting his money, but I'm also glad. I, I think the Avs lucked into it. They're, they're literally paying both their goalies. What Kemper got. Yeah. Combined.
0: They probably had the best case scenario you can possibly get out of a situation like that. You win a Stanley cup with a goalie, you avoid the Stanley cup tax and you go and just completely pull the rug out from under the Rangers for the price you got for Georgiev and sign Georgiev for three years and get a season like in a normal season, probably should have gotten more Vesna consideration. Oh, yeah. It wasn't so many amazing goalies last year, but a guy who was just south of 920.
1: Do you think another question because it, it sounded like Georgiev wanted out the year prior. Do you think Georgiev could have won a cup with the Avs last when they won the cup instead of Kemper? Yeah, I totally,
0: yeah. Think, that. I totally <laughs> that, think that. I
1: think that team could have won with pretty much any
0: goalie for they that. Won, they won with a 902 in net. Yeah. <laughs> they would have been just, Imagine if they got a 920, they wouldn't have lost games. They would have they would have finished the Blues in 5. They would have won game 5 if they just got saves. And they like they would have Swept two series and won against the Blues and the Lightning in five. They would have lost two games.
1: Yeah, like that's crazy to think about. Um, that team was so fucking good, dude. Holy shit!
0: Uh, like it's so funny when people bring up like, "Oh, was this Vegas team better?" They're like, no,
1: no. That Vegas team was really good.
0: They were really they were solid. good. You're allowed to be really good. Yeah, you weren't that.
1: No, not even close. Yeah, not even close like the abs were so much better than everyone. It was insane.
0: Cause like uh, now that we're, now that we're a full season removed from it, like now you're getting the comments from Ryan Johansson being like, yeah, no one was beating that team. Yeah. And like now, now that the Oilers are over their, their inferiority complex for now, at least with the Avs, now that they've moved on to Vegas and how much they hate them. They're willing to admit that they were just completely outmatched by the abs and no one was beating that team. They were so good, dude. Like,
1: I, I won't, It would have been interesting to see what Georgiev would have done in the playoffs with them if they could have gotten him a year earlier.
0: Yeah, but wasn't available. Wasn't available. Wasn't available. Just insistent on wasting him themselves. Yes. And waited until his value was nothing.
1: They have struck. he,
0: He was on the board trade board for like three years. Yeah. And there was rumor like you might get like a first for him. Like you might get this package for him because he's still young and putting up amazing numbers, but he's just stuck here. And they just held on to like, yeah, here's a three and two fifths. Pretty good deal for the abs. Yeah. Pretty good
1: deal. Um, But let's, let's move on to the next mailbag. We spent like 25 minutes on that one.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Cause I wanted to talk about Georgiev. Today. Yeah, I did too. This, this was an interesting question from Phil. Cause usually you get a lot of positive stuff, but he, he asked, what's the biggest mistake the Avs made this offseason.
1: Oh, I didn't know it was going to say the Avs. I thought it was talking about in the NHL. Um, I don't know if you can call it a mistake, but a risk is is the Drew. Like, I don't even know because Duran's not really that much of a risk. Is it the Johansson move?
0: I mean, I think biggest mistake is Erod. I I would have loved to have brought back Erod at, at the price he got from Florida. I think he's going to do really well there, and I just think he, he fits so well here. But it's not one... Where you look at other off seasons for some other teams, especially in the past, where you're like, this is like a franchise altering error. Yeah. I look at it as like, I wish we would have done that, but it's not the end of the world. In terms of what the Avs did, I mean, giving Woods six years isn't perfect. But again, that's like at least like a four years from now problem at the very soonest.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think they made too many mistakes. I mean, they took risks but we won't know if they're mistakes until the season's over. Right. So, I mean, if you're ask me what, I think the biggest mistake was in the entire NHL free agency. It was when Detroit signed Justin hold to that contract. That was, that was a big mistake.
0: Detroit. I mean, we've talked, I think for a couple off seasons now that they have made some rough signs. I think they bought back some goodwill with the Debrinket trade. That's yes. a good deal for them and a great contract for them, but they might have a pairing of Ben Sherratt and Justin Hall and that combined is going to make over $11 million. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Over $8 million. Yeah, I, yeah over $8 million. I, I already, added, I already added the seven together, and then I added the four <laughs> to it. Don't ask me how my brain works. Even I don't know. Many, yeah, no, I was like, wait a second. Tried.
1: I don't think so, because I'm pretty sure Sherrod signed a four by four, Yeah, uh, which is still a drastic overpay for him. And we've seen Justin Holt. Hull. Justin Holt's terrible.
0: Um, I do like, like, what, like what does Justin Hall do to get a
1: 3.4? He played for the Leafs,
0: I guess. Yeah, sure. I,
1: I think that's honestly it. He, he played for the Leafs, but, um, I don't know if you can really say anything's a mistake for the abs. Uh, obviously, like I agree that Erod was tough to see them go. Um, but overall, I, I don't think they really made a big mistake as of right now.
0: Yeah. Like again, nothing back breaking, like what are you doing, kind of stuff. But with Raj, like yeah, I, I thought he was going to get more. Yeah. I would have, I would not have minded bringing him back for only a five hundred thousand dollar raise for four more seasons. I thought that was perfectly reasonable. But at the same time, Florida, income tax, all other external factors, and at the end of the day, he had thirty nine points. It's not like he came here and was a sixty yeah. point guy. But he was a guy that I just thought worked really well here. I'm over it. I'm not going to sit there and lambast them this entire season and say, like, oh, look at, look at how well Erod's doing in Florida. He mm-hmm. should have done that. Well, oh, there will be people who say that. There will be people that do that. And I'm and if he does do really well, I'm going to look at that kind of bitterly. But even still, in terms yeah, of... I think
1: the big thing is, like, it's only a $500,000 increase, but he probably left 500000 on the table because of the no state income tax.
0: Right, I mean, you know I mean, he gets to actually like, keep his money in Florida. Yeah,
1: Florida. yeah. So I, I think that's probably why it may seem like he took a little bit of a, uh, a discount, but he's not really taking a discount because he gets to keep that money. And if he right. was in any other state, like not Texas or, well, other states don't have income tax. I have. I think it's just Texas and Florida. Yeah,
0: uh, I mean, I'm not up to date on my tax. Yeah, tax. no, me either. Uh, but
1: I, I think it's a. Uh, that's why that contract is like, well, oh, yeah. that's not that much. But it's like, well, well that's, if that's, he was, what
0: I, that's what I was saying. It's not yeah. a fair comparison. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boothill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or, fit or visit www.1800gambler.net all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut help is available for gambling call 888 789 or visit ccpg.org 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per game eligible opt-in required. Max bet 50, 10-leg reg for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash baseball terms. Now, back to the episode. That one's gonna sting for a while,
1: but at the same time, like I said, he only had thirty nine points. Like it's yeah, not like yeah. he he was a a killer last year. Yeah. But we could look back at the end of the year and be like, oh, Jonathan Dram was a huge mistake. But at the same time, he he's in. In
0: one year eight twenty five. Yeah. I mean, I I have my concerns. Like the plan is to start him with McKinnon. I mean, that's fine. It just seems it's be it's really still, cool. It, it seems like you're making this no risk bet on Drouin but also betting a lot on it at the same time.
1: Yeah. And that scares me.
0: Yeah. So if it is truly a mistake far from backbreaking, but you're probably going to have to spend a little trade assets and try to bring in some guys mid season. If this really doesn't work out because then it's Lekkonen stapled to the top line as it probably should be. And then if Duran really doesn't work, who's the other option in the top six? Like you got to, probably put Colton or Miles Wood up there and then yeah. ran down to three. I mean, I, I think
1: that's exactly what it is, if yeah. that's the case. So I think Drouin, out of the three players we acquired, would you say he has more skill than Johansson?
0: He potentially does. Yeah. I mean, it's it's we're just going to have to see. But that can lead us right into our next mailbag question from question mark, question mark, question mark, asking – What's the backup plan if Drouin just isn't good anymore? You acquire
1: someone at the trade deadline or beforehand. I mean, because there's not much out there in free agency. That's
0: pretty much it. Because, I mean, it's weird with free agency that we still nothing super important has happened. Uh, Like, the big names are still available, like Tarasenko and Tatar. But in terms of the backup plan, Drouin isn't good anymore. I think we're kind of already talking about it. I mean... If Duran really can't work in the top six, do you put Colton up there or do you put Wood up there?
1: That's tough. I'd lean more towards Colton because I think he has more of an offensive mindset, but it would not shock me the least if Miles Wood gets the call.
0: Yeah. I mean, Miles Wood, he skates well. He's going to bring some beef up there. Yeah. You guys not take penalties when you're playing in the top six, though, and I just don't think there's a lot of high-end offensive ability to potentially be playing with Miko Rantanen on that second line. Or I think
1: Colton's a little bit better offensively.
0: Yeah, I think Colton just has more upside to be able to do that, but then you're opening up a hole at your 3C, and then who's that going to be? Because then we we still don't have a 4C right now, and you're planning Colton to be... That's what I mean with, like, like it seems like there's a lot of the plan that hinges on Jonathan Drouin going back with Nathan McKinnon and winding the clock back to when they were 18.
1: That'd be really cool if we could get an 18-year-old Nathan McKinnon again.
0: That would be sick. <laughs> it would sick be really awesome.
1: Going. But it is i – I'm hopeful with Drouin just for the fact that this will be the first time in, like, five years that he's going to play meaningful hockey. So, maybe that gets his juices flowing, a competitive training camp. But I mean, is the backup plan for him Oscar Olauson or John Luke Foody? Like, is that the backup plan? I don't know if those two are ready yet.
0: I don't think they're ready for this yet. Yeah. If I'm being honest. I like I don't think you can even classify them as a backup plan at the moment. That's, what I mean, yeah. like, I, I like the Drew Ann signing and a big fan of it at the time. It's just as it's gone on, I'm like, is it really the plan to have him go top line with Nathan McKinnon? I mean, it could work to a T. It's for McKinnon to have a guy who can distribute the puck to him and maybe maybe throw Natuchkin up on the other side to maybe make up for some of the defensive deficiencies of Druen and Bump Ranton and down to second line so you can spread out the talent. Maybe that works out perfectly. But That'd it be cool. It could also not cuz Druen yeah. just he just does not play a lot of defense, all that much. He's a great puck mover.
1: It's going to be uh, really funny work. to watch him in Jared Bednar system. Yeah. Very
0: funny, because like I, th- I think you're going to get better out of Jonathan Drouin this season. It's yes. just the question is how much does Jonathan Drouin have to give? Is it <laughs> that's enough going to, to be the fit with Nathan McKinnon on a top line? Because you might be going into this season, and if that doesn't work, you're going to have to spend a lot at the deadline to go and acquire that. And there will be plenty of those options. That's not the, it's not the end of the world if you have to do that, but it's a pretty big hole to be leaving on your team day one.
1: Yeah. I'm just imagining it right now. Like Drew Anna, like when opening night and it's like, and here's the avalanche starting lineup starting at center, Nathan McKinnon starting at right wing, Valerian Nichushkin, starting at left wing, Jonathan drew Like it just doesn't sound right at all.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe it works. I mean, we're kind of, we're penciling it in and we're still two months removed from training camp. Like you might get there and Drouin just doesn't work with McKinnon at all. And he's a, just a third liner the entire season. But then again, like, okay, so you bump Lekin and back up there. What are you doing here at this giant elephant in the room at second left wing? If it's not Jonathan Drouin. That's where it gets tough.
1: I always like. I don't know what it is. Like I know Ryan Johansson's new, but I just feel like he's already been part of the team for so long. That I keep forgetting he's on the. team.
0: Well, he was the he was the first acquisition. Yeah, so he's a grizzled vet now.
1: I know. And I'm just like, oh yeah. I keep forgetting that guy's our second line center right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of kind of blowing my mind. I mean, right that's there.
0: another interesting thing. Is like you might have like Ryan Johansson. Is that gonna work at two C this season? It's a guy who was very injured last year, coming off a serious injury, and had 28 points. Yeah, there's a question there as well as like, can he bring his game back to that level? He was a guy who had 63 points the season before when just everything was up in Nashville back in uh, 21, 22 in 79 games and took a massive dip this season. What Ryan Johansson are you going to get? And like, let's say you have a second line of Drew and Johansson and Rantanen. Like that It could... sounds good on paper. It does on paper but it doesn't always work out that way.
1: Yep. Yep. It's the abs just need to, they need these guys to work out because we saw what happened. Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen can only do so much for an offense. Like they're going to be electric.
0: And so much for them is still a lot. Yeah. They can still do a lot by the division. Yeah. Single-handedly win a division, both get a hundred points and have Rantanen become like the highest goal scorer in Av's history basically with his crazy season. And McKinnon, if he was healthy, would have easily hit like 120 points. They can do a lot by themselves, but just imagine how good the team can be if you have other people pulling their weight.
1: That'd be great. We would have been talking about probably another Western Conference Finals appearance if that was the case.
0: We still but, like we still might have almost done that if in Game Seven you just got a couple bounces your way.
1: Yeah, yeah, that sucked. I I, I always forget that first goal by Tanev just bouncing off of like someone's face in front. They're and being, both
0: Yorkstrand, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's, it's going to be interesting. I I think the Avs have a lot of questions going into this season, but I'm like, I'm always a glass half full guy. I think that these guys are going to work out and I think it's going to be, well, I don't think all of them are going to work out. One of them's going to suck.
0: Yeah, One of them. I I think you're going to get good results out of them. I don't know if all of them are just going to be home runs, genius. silent. I think Ross Colton is going to be excellent. Like, I, I, I have very high hopes for Ross Colton. I, I mean, I don't think he's going to score 50 goals and have 100 points, but I think for the role he's going to play, I think he is just going to be a slam dunk. I think this is going to be a guy that sticks around here for a long time.
1: I do too. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like you're hopeful that Drew the one who is like the one who maybe doesn't live up to expectations because the rest of these guys are going to be signed for multiple years. Right. So, <laughs> um, in a best case scenario, Drew Ann has like a career year and he goes and signs a big contract somewhere else. And then just takes his money.
0: Yeah. He's a beneficiary on McKinnon's wing, picks up 50 points by the end of the season and goes and signs himself like a a four times four somewhere else next season.
1: That'd be the dream for him. So
0: it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it definitely will be. And we'll just have to see where that goes this season. There's still question marks on this team. They're not done, but we just are we can't wait forever for them to to generally make a move before we just kind of look at this team as done. They're not done. They're gonna assign Colton to around three million bucks and still have probably three and a half, three million dollars to just play with yeah. before throw some darts at the dartboard. Yeah, before October when this team has to get out there for the first time. They're gonna sign another player. It's just a yeah. matter of to what magnitude is that guy gonna be.
1: And who's it going to be
0: right? And so. I think that's a good segue into another one. This question from Zach asking who can win a roster spot out of training camp this season based on like some AHL guys that we yeah not directly signed to play. I'm
1: going to go with, I'm going to go with the basic. I think Sam Malinsky has a really good chance um, just because he's been talked of so highly. I think the decor is open for that sixth, seventh spot right now. I would not be surprised if it's Molinsky.
0: Yep. It seems like they're kind of hoping Molinsky is going to be able to, to take that role this season. There's a lot of interesting options on the offense. I mean, we've all talked about John Luke foodie. I don't think Olauson is ready yet. He, he not didn't, yet. He didn't look ready at the AHL level last season. He still looks like he's adjusting to North America and that's fine. He was a 28th overall pick and he's 20. Like he's again, I've had this conversation like the fact kids get drafted at 18 still blows my mind. Let him become a legal adult before we start saying anything about his ability to play in the NHL. I think Olowson going to be fine. But this season, I I think it's just too much. It's going to be interesting to watch Andre Pavel and Jason Pollan for this coming season. The college free agent that they signed. Pavel could be very interesting because he's a very decent penalty killer. And he might play NHL Miss just because he fits such a very specific niche, yep. and might just be such a solid penalty killer for us that he might squeeze his way into a couple of games.
1: I don't mind
0: that one. I it really is. I
1: I, I wouldn't be. I don't see like any of our like touted prospects. I think it's going to be those college free agent guys that are going to are going to get there. If yeah. there's anyone,
0: yeah, like like the the cheat codes that you signed last season to just came... they're already
1: like 23, 24 years yeah,
0: old. You, you forego the entire development process essentially and just sign guys that are like loosely ready for, for men's hockey.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think Malinsky has the best shot just because I feel like that's the only one I've heard them talk about.
0: Is yeah. Malinsky. Yeah. is also the oldest. And he's what, 25, 26? 25.
1: We talked about that, but that's crazy to stay in college till you're 25. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, probably fun but crazy.
1: Yeah. Thank God he was on a scholarship. Could you imagine how expensive that would have been?
0: Well, hopefully he'll make back that money soon.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. But I think it's Malinsky, It's probably the one I'm thinking of the most who has already. I, it would not. The way John Luke Foodie played in his time up with the Avs last year, I thought he was impressive. So I
0: yeah. could see him making and, it out of the training camp. The next step for Foodie is like you have to put in points at the NHL level because he looked great at the NHL level. He was goose eggs in a minus three when you look at him on paper. But we all know from watching him that he was good, that he is way better than what the stats indicated here and was a huge contributor for the Eagles last season. I'm still very high on him. It feels like he's older than 21 for some reason. Oh, dude, he's so young. Yeah, like I for some reason, I thought he was like 23. but he's still only 21. So even if he doesn't make it this season, and I don't think he's going to just outright make it, he's going to play NHL minutes. I fully expect foodie at some point to have a spot on the roster and put in points at the NHL level. I don't expect him to play in the playoffs, but I think there's going to be points where foodie comes in when people get hurt and is going to perform at the NHL level. And then next season, I think you're going to have a real conversation of has this guy earned a job.
1: It wasn't surprising, at least. I remember when we because Foodie was a third round draft pick, and they drafted him, and he was like, he was the younger side of eighteen, like he had just turned eighteen before his draft.
0: Yeah, he and, turned eighteen in May before he got drafted. Yeah,
1: like he's a super young kid, and I remember it was surprising because he signed his entry level deal like basically right away.
0: Yeah, and, he signed it May twenty fifth, twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah, he came over right away and has been in the Eagle system, and he looks the part. He he does. So I I think he has a chance to be really good for the abs. Not really good. Like when I say really good, like a good bottom six winger.
0: Yeah. That's like that's the why kind I of me. guy like you hit on a third round pick and a guy who's going to perform for you at the NHL level. I th- I think there's upside there with him. I don't know if it's top six upside, but I think it's a guy, you give him a couple years. I think he's going to be a solid NHL player because yeah. I, again, I, I'm a huge John Luke foodie fan ever when he was up in the NHL last year, when I've watched Eagles games, I've always drawn the foodie. He just works so hard.
1: Well, and, and the thing, the thing abs- is, is like the abs decimated their prospect pool and they kept foodie around. Right. So they they think pretty highly of the kid too.
0: Right. That's exactly. It He survived the purge of the abs prospect pool a few years ago. Yeah. And so- I, I think there's something there with him. I like, I'd even put him above Olaus and just me personally, I like foodie more. Just because I think there's, it feels safer in a way. Allowson has more upside, obviously, but I'm just a bigger fan of Foodie's game, if that makes sense.
1: And it's one of those things we talked about when we did the prospect episode. If you give the players the time to develop, they've given Foodie the time to develop. I think Allowson can be that player as well.
0: Right. Where it's and, like, because it's weird, because this is Foodie's upcoming, like his fourth season with the Eagles yeah. already. That's awesome for a kid who's only 21. That is awesome that he's going to have that much time to develop with the Eagles and he can have more if he needs it. There is no rush with John Luke foodie or Oscar Lawson or any of these guys. If they come up and perform at the NHL level this year, Joe Sackick and McFarlane are going to be tap dancing in the suite. this season, like they're going to be so over the moon happy.
1: I do think the Avs are asking some young guys to step up. I think that's the first time in a while we've, we've said that with the Avs, where it's like young guys are going to, well, new hook, Jost.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's there been times in the past where they've needed guys to come in, and it's going to be an interesting case with Ben Myers this season as well. I keep forgetting about him. He hasn't
1: signed his QO yet, has he?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's st- he still has to sign as an RFA right now, but he played 39 games last year and played in the playoffs. He played six games in the playoffs for us last year. And took a while for him to get on the board. I mean, he had the early goal in Minnesota. That was all luck. And then finally, in like the last month, he was finally able to put some bucks in the net. Lucky or not, he finally got something to go his way. He looked fine last season. I don't really know what to expect from him if he's really going to turn into anything significant at the NHL level. But the loose plan right now could be for him to play 4C.
1: I'm still high. I'm not high on Ben Myers. I'm still not ready to give up on him.
0: I mean, we knew coming in, not really much to give up on. It's been lesson.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I still think he's could be a good bottom six forward. I still think he could be, uh, it's just, he struggled. He was in the minors for a while last year. He came back and he was okay. Like you said, but I, I keep forgetting about him as an option. I honestly do. And that's on me for forgetting because he is, I think he could be a solid player for him.
0: Yeah, I think it could be a guy who plays maybe a lot more games than we expect in the bottom six this year and is pretty decent in that role now that he has a full year of professional experience playing almost half of the season last year with the Abs, playing 30 games with the Eagles and playing like playoff minutes on a, a granted a decimated team. He didn't play much, but he still played and he did not look super out of place in any of these games. It's just now has to be a way for him to find ways to consistently put up points and find ways to to just gel at the NHL level.
1: Points for him. Like I 25 is like what I'm asking for Ben Myers. If he can get 25 points, I'm feeling
0: good. Even that, like even he might not even play 25 games this season. It's just he's he feels like kind of a wild card right now. Whereas like if they don't address 4C and like sign a Thomas Nosek or Jonathan Tay's or whatever then the plan probably is for Myers to play in that spot. Or he might just play fourth line anyway, or he might just stick around as an extra all season.
1: Possible. I mean, but if he's like in that 20 to 25 point range, I'd be happy with him.
0: Yeah. If he he plays a full season. If he plays a full season. Because he's still got to earn it. Like this is not just going to be handed to him. He's still going to have to earn that job at a training camp because they've gone out and signed a lot of these depth guys as well. And a lot of the college guys they signed last off season are going to want to push for that spot yep. too. And like the, like a Riley Tufty that they signed this off season is going to be potentially someone to keep an eye on. Also uh, Freddie Olofsson is going to be an interesting guy. to. I keep forgot about eye him. Eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about him. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like there's, there are going to be guys that are going to push Ben Myers to be better. And if he's not up to the task, they're just going to take his job. Didn't we like make the trade for Olofsson
1: like the day after the Stars got eliminated?
0: It was it was like the start of June, I think. Like yeah. around that time. We traded was, for future it considerations. Was June, it, was June, it was June 15th. So I think okay. it was right before or after the final ended.
1: Yeah, that's funny. Future considerations. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. I forgot I about like, him. We already, had
0: to legitimately have a podcast episode about the Freddie Olofsson trade.
1: I remember that great content we gave you guys. Great that content, day.
0: definitely great. one of the trades of all time.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I I think this is really like the most open the ABS roster has been for these young guys to get a spot in a long time.
0: Yeah, they've had their chances in the past. I mean, we talked about it a lot with uh, with Jost before and New hook earning spots. We talked like Martin Kaut. Remember that last season had a great yeah. season. as like is Kaut going to earn a spot on this team and? It just feels like there's a lot more names in the mix. It's not just like two. Yes, like it, it's, it's not like, just like two this yeah. time. It's like, is Shane Bowers finally going to earn his chance at the NHL level? Because it was getting to a point where we were just like, this is not going to happen with these guys. At least now it's like fresh faces and we can delude ourselves into thinking that they're going to be more than AHL guys. With, with with Bowers and Cout, you're just like, it's it's now or it's never. Yeah, did you see Cout signed overseas? Yeah, he signed overseas. And I, I found that conversation interesting because that there was there was an interesting conversation i think it was on uh, dnbr this week to talk about like Count just always seemed like he wanted to go home like he didn't really adjust to north america all that well and he's just probably going to be way happier back there anyway and probably making more money probably making more money and actually playing right so like just having a good time being around his family and his friends making more money and actually playing the game
1: Yeah, it's one of those things too. Like, it is crazy to think that you're asking like 18 and 19 year olds just move to another continent.
0: Right. (laughs) Like,
1: hey, come over here to America where you probably don't speak that good of English and it's totally different than your hometown. And we'll pay you millions of dollars to do it. So you'll do it. But that's a lot to ask of a kid.
0: Yeah. And he looked back at that draft and everything back in 2018. He was a 16th overall pick. Right after him was Ty Smith, who is okay. At the NHL level has kind of been thrown around a lot. In mean, 2018, it was just not a great draft. Really, funny, like, and right after that was Merkley at 21st overall, who got did not get qualified by the Avs and is currently unsigned, also. It's crazy how fast that guy has just completely fallen off the books. I mean, you really get past like the top of that draft. It's kind of just Keandre Miller, right after at least in the first round. And then Rasmus Sandine.
1: Keandre Miller was what, 20? 20...
0: He uh, was twenty two, Rangers, and then Sandine was twenty nine.
1: Yeah, Sandine solid. But yeah, that twenty eighteen draft was not great. Yeah. Not great.
0: Yeah. So it's twenty eighteen. I mean, the Hurricanes got Drury in the second round. Like I'm just trying to like Feravari went second round. Dersey it's great. Great radio. I know.
1: But, yeah. No. I mean, there's not that many in twenty eighteen. Yeah, there's
0: like it, it was just okay. Just a very okay draft. And at the top, you yeah, had
1: who is going to probably win the Norris next year.
0: Could very well. Did he ever sign that $10 million contract? Was that not ever, yet? Was that ever official? I don't think so. Not yet. Cause like I, I, I had it in my head that like that was done. And then when I checked, I was confused as to why it still said Dollin was an RFA. Cause I've, I've thought that was just done. I thought they signed that. Yeah, they might have. I don't know. I don't is think the, it's official yet, though. It's not. See, because I was confused because I thought he was an RFA, but he's not until next year. So he's still making six. Making six million? He's making six this coming season. And then then he will be an RFA. I thought he was an RFA now. That's why I was confused. I was like, wait, he didn't sign it. Why is no one making a big deal about this? Darlene's still unsigned and no one. I was wrong because I'm dumb, but you know what? It's fine.
1: That's story for us on the show is us being dumb. So we can live with that. But yeah, I mean, Darlene is going to be interesting. Do you
0: know what I saw today?
1: Uh, Was there any other
0: mailbags before I do this? Uh, That was the last mailbag that we got sent for today.
1: Okay. The Avs cup favorite odds, they fell pretty significantly. Remember when we said that they that they were like the after the season they were like the odds-on favorite?
0: Yeah, I'm pulling it up they right still, now. I, they still stayed that way for a minute. I'm sure they dropped a little bit, but even well after free agency, I'm pretty sure they were still number one.
1: Yeah, let me who see. Is,
0: who is number one? If it's
1: number, number one's one. the Hurricanes, number oh. two is number two is
0: the Maple Leafs. Of course, it is.
1: And then tied for third is the Abs at plus one thousand, the Devils at plus one thousand, and the Oilers at plus one thousand.
0: That feels pretty reasonable, right? Yeah, I think, I think Carolina is kind of justified as Cup favorites. I think we're all getting sick of them. I know I definitely am of like always predicting the Hurricanes to at least make the yeah. final or something. Like I'm, I'm getting very, very tired of them every single year. But they made good moves. I think that's that's pretty justifiable. I'm surprised Vegas isn't on that. Vegas is right behind them. They're at plus twelve hundred. Really.
1: Yeah, they they are technically the the fifth odds-on favorite. And then it goes Bruins plus...
0: They they really didn't lose much.
1: No. I mean, the Bruins and the Rangers are tied at plus 1,300, and then you start getting to the Stars, Panthers. They have the Lightning at plus 2,000, and that seems like pretty good value.
0: I know the Lightning aren't as good as they've been, but still... Until they're dead and buried, a full yes. off
1: season for them to rest. That's like, what that's... I mean.
0: Like until they're dead and buried. If I was allowed to still gamble, I can't because I work for the sports team now. But if I was allowed to still gamble, I feel like I'd, I'd throw a couple bucks on that just to yeah. be sure, right?
1: Yeah, I would. I think so. Take a guess at who the worst team is with the worst odds.
0: The worst team with the worst odds, the Flyers.
1: No, the Flyers are actually. Uh... One, two, three, four, five, sixth lowest.
0: I mean, would it? I, I, I feel like people are putting bets on the Blackhawks just because of Bedard. Blackhawks
1: are right behind the Flyers at plus two thousand, or lo- twenty thousand. Excuse me.
0: The lowest yeah, the, odds.
1: Lowest odds to win. I feel like people would
0: also do it for Anaheim. Would it? It wouldn't be Anaheim, right? Anaheim is tied with what these four teams. Can you give me a hint?
1: Uh, another one is in the state of California
0: the sharks yep they're so this these are all tied for lowest these are all tied for lowest okay sharks is one it's not the ducks right you already said that you're
1: no you got that right ducks oh that was
0: right ducks was right okay so that's two of four i'm trying to think of another one that's like truly like montreal
1: montreal is up montreal surprised me I, I did not think bottom. Montreal
0: would be that low. Yeah, they're they're tied for it. They're third. You think they would just get the Canadian push.
1: Right. And I, I think the Canadians are actually going to be better than the Flyers.
0: Right. And with the last one, I feel like people just don't bet on Arizona. Would it be Arizona? You would be correct.
1: You would okay. be correct there. And I, I think of those four, the Coyotes and Canadians surprise me just because I think those teams are going to be better than they were last year.
0: I mean, we are also talking about Stanley Cup winner
1: right right i agree but also at the same time like those the coyotes and the canadians just don't feel like they should fit there like they should be above the hawks and the flyers in my opinion
0: right i mean the hawks they're getting the bedard boost yeah like, people are people are just throwing 10 bucks on the black hawks because like what if bedard is the greatest player we've ever seen and if i'm wrong i lose ten dollars if i win i what like ten thousand dollars yeah over? Uh, you know what's
1: kind of crazy to me, and I don't know if you'll like this, the Vancouver Canucks have better odds to win the Stanley Cup than the Washington Capitals this year.
0: See, I think I complained about that a couple of weeks ago. There's a couple <laughs> of weird ones on there. like all The of Islanders
1: 100. are above them, the Senators are above them, the Flames, the Kraken, I mean, I don't think the
0: Caps are going to win the Cup, but the fucking Canucks, really?
1: That's very funny. Yeah. The Caps are tied with the Blues and Red Wings and the Predators for the same odds. I mean,
0: it's it's hard to be too upset. They,
1: I know, but it's just crazy to think that in a world that people think the Canucks are going to win the Cup before the Caps, like, but that, like is. that.
0: That's why I'm confused why the Habs are so low because that's the Canadian right team. Right, just betting on the Canucks because they like Vancouver,
1: right. And then the Canadians you're looking at, it and it's like, oh yeah, that that kind of makes sense. like I, I get
0: why the Habs are there, but I'm trying to put myself in like other people's minds where it's just like I I love the Habs, I'm going to bet on them kind of thing where those odds are going to get affected. I think the Devils at plus one thousand is looking real juicy. The Devils and the ABS, I think those might be the best
1: odds you get on them.
0: I think that I think the Devils is interesting because I think we're also getting caught in just like the second year team. Yeah, where, you know, I don't think they win yet. I don't think they win yet. There's still a little more heartbreak, I think, has to come their way. Because it's rare that you see a team just come Immediately do it. Yeah, you're right. Suffer, like, one playoff loss and then just go win. It was like the Blackhawks did it with Kane in, like, year two of their playoff run. And even with the Penguins, it was, like, what, three or four playoff runs with them? Oh, they had that
1: brutal loss to the Red Wings in Game 7.
0: Yeah, I mean, they went to two straight Stanley Cup finals. They had to lose to Ottawa in 07?
1: Yeah, I remember that one because I was at one where... Uh, more- exactly, yeah, that- this,
0: is, this is bad for my point because they lost in 07, then they went to the final and then won the Cup, so even still. I mean, they still had to lose
1: two before they won.
0: Yeah, they still had to lose two, but they also lost in a uh, Game 6 to the Red Wings the year before in the Stanley Cup yeah. final. Yeah. But even still after that... Uh,
1: it's very funny because I remember a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the top goal score award and McKinnon was on the top uh five to finish. He's dropped all the way to plus eighteen hundred
0: to win. Which puts him where?
1: Uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Barely in the tenth spot, tied with Matthew Kachuk.
0: I feel like, I feel like that's reasonable. Yeah. Like, I don't think McKinnon's winning any rockets in his career, but that's not a bad thing.
1: I never thought I'd see the world where Ovechkin would be plus 2,500 to win the Rocket.
0: Yeah, we've had this conversation yeah. I think a couple of weeks ago. I'll take that bet every time. Hey, absolutely. But even if even if Obi's 45, I, I will always bet on him yeah. to win the Rocket.
1: And Kale McCarve has Norris favorites dropped from plus 160 to plus 180.
0: Get on, every time Kael's Norris odds drop, get on them right away. Yeah. I am I am in full belief that that man is winning the Norris this year.
1: Agreed. Wow, they actually have Sorokin as the odds-on favorite to win the Vesna right now, ahead of Shustarkin. I th-
0: I think that's fine. Honestly, yeah. I mean, if Olmark did not have the season he had last year, Sorokin probably would have been the runaway winner.
1: Yeah. All right, this really pisses me off. Somehow, Philip Gustafson has better odds to win the Vesna than Alexander Georgiev. What? Yeah. Gustafson's at plus 2,000 and Georgiev is at plus 2,500.
0: That's just free money. Like that. that is legitimately just free money on and Georgiev.
1: And 800?
0: I, I don't know who's making these, but... Georgiev, How the fuck is Gustafson ranked above Georgiev? Why is Gustafson on this list at all?
1: <laughs> I mean, Tristan Jari's on this list, to be fair. So is Sergei Bobrovsky. They have uh, the third stringer for... Uh, the Hurricanes, Kozhekov. They have Koshikov on here. Seriously? Yeah, he's above a he's above he's tied for the same odds with Freddie. With Freddie,
0: yeah, and they don't and they don't see the paradox with that.
1: No, and then they that have interesting. They have Schmied on here ahead of Vanacek.
0: Uh, okay. Stuart
1: Skinner's on here dude What the fuck what is Mark andre Fleury's what, still on here Where are you dude? getting these
0: odds dude DraftKings are the number one sportsbook in America <laughs> Okay maybe we should stop uh, Ragging on these so much
1: I mean this is like very bottom But the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury's on here is still very funny
0: That's very funny People will bet on that too
1: Oh 100% they will
0: They will 100% bet on that
1: Dude how is Gustafsson ranked above
0: that is, that is one. That is a very strange Ranking I guess it's yeah. not a ranking, it's it's betting odds, which you know you can only put so much stock into.
1: I still just love looking at the heart of odds, and it's McDavid plus one hundred, second place is McKinnon at plus nine hundred. <laughs> I guess nice, nice, nice those
0: haven't changed.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought that was interesting because the abs were the odds on favorite when the season ended, and now they're the tied for tied for third. Yep. Yeah. So it's interesting. But I I just can't wait for the season, man. I can't wait
0: for it. Me too. We're getting we're getting to that point. The off season's dying down. Now you're just like, man, now we actually have to get through the boring stuff.
1: Yeah, we actually have to like hang out with our families
0: and do stuff.
1: Ugh. Yeah. That's ugh. what I
0: said too. So but friends I don't think we dumb. have
1: anything else for this one. Do you have anything else?
0: No, I think we are all good for this one. We will now have to go back to our friends and loved ones and actually yeah. do something other than hockey, which is just ugh, cringe. Don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. Thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Use promo code Tell It Abs It Is on SeakEek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. But again... Thank you all so very much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.